0: This is the second sermon on our series on Jeremiah, uh, learning from Jeremiah how to live in tumultuous times. Last week I talked about how Jeremiah understood that he was known by God, that his story would be part of God's story, that God would be at the center of his life. He learned that he was chosen by God to be on God's side. To be what God was for and against what God was against. He was to be for love, not for hate. To be for life, not for death. To be for forgiveness, not vengeance. And then he learned that he was going to be hurled by God into the world to live for love, to live for life, to live for forgiveness, to live for justice. Now, the first two of those three things, to be known by God, to know that I'm part of God's story, to be chosen by God, to know that I'm to uh, be on God's side— I'm okay with those. I'm okay with those. It's the third one that kind of upsets me that I'm given by God, that I'm asked to be an actor, that I'm asked to be involved in the world. Jonah had this problem. It was okay for Jonah to be called to be a prophet, it's just that Jonah didn't like where he was sent. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, he hated the Ninevites. And I think, you know, in our lives, it's okay to say we're on God's side. It's just being involved in God's side is the problem. You know, I said last week that, you know, when God says you're appointed, it's like a minister is appointed. Well, it's okay for me to be part of the Methodist story, it's okay for me to be chosen as a minister. I just don't like where I'm sent. You know, not that church, not that town. I didn't know that's what you meant when you said fully itinerant. I like being the idea that I'm a teacher, but not that school, not that neighborhood. Not junior high. Yeah. It's like the Book of Mormon, where the Mormon missionary thought he was really well suited to be called to Orlando, but not so much to Africa. You know, it's the, the idea of being chosen is is fine. It's just actually having to go and serve, that's the problem. And Jeremiah says, Not that. I'm too young. I don't know how to speak in public. Well, those are often our excuses. I'm too young. I'm not a public speaker. I'm too old. I don't know enough. I need to study more on the topic. I don't have enough time, it might be detrimental to my family, I might lose friends. So if it's all the same with you, God, no, I'm going to take a pass on this one. I like the idea of being chosen, I just don't like what I'm chosen to do. And what is our fear? Well, it's, it's a fear of loss. It's a, if we get involved, we could lose control. We could lose our esteem. We could lose our dignity. We could become unpopular. We could lose money. We could lose time. And after Jeremiah's objections and after my objections, God says, do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you. And then God gives Jeremiah two real short visions. The first one, Jeremiah, what do you see? I see a branch of an almond tree. You've said, well, says the Lord. For I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, (laughs) what God says here, you see an almond branch and I'm watching over my word to perform it. The word for almond branch and the word for watching are really close. They only differ by one vow. And so, what God is saying here is when you see the almond branch blossoming, make the association that I'm watching over my word to perform it. Whenever you see the almond branch, think of me and think that I am trustworthy and think that I am present that I am with you. And the second vision God gives Jeremiah is that of the boiling pot. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a boiling pot that's tilting from the north. Well, a boiling pot, if it's tipped, is going to run all over everything and be pretty destructive. And it's tipping from the north, which is Babylon. And he has a vision of Babylon coming from the north into Judah, into Jerusalem, and destroying things. But the vision he has is that not everything is going to be destroyed. Not every country is going to be destroyed. Evil is not going to run rampant that evil is limited. So God gives him these two visions to help him with his fear. One is that God is present and that God is trustworthy. And the other one is that evil and ugliness and badness is limited. Now, when I'm faced with bad news, when I'm faced with a problem, when I'm afraid, my tendency is to underestimate God and overestimate evil. Jeremiah did it. I do it. I think many of us do this. When we get bad news from the doctor, we tend to underestimate God and overestimate evil. When we get bad news in our city or in our nation or in the world, we tend to underestimate God and overestimate evil. We underestimate God in thinking God is too small. God is too weak. God is unreal. God is absent. And evil is big, it's powerful, it's very real, and it's very present. Who is God compared to the governor? Who is God compared to city council? Who is God compared to that church member that wants to take my head off? Who is God compared to that district superintendent who wants a pound of my flesh? If I didn't feel that God was weak, why would I be afraid? These visions that God gives Jeremiah are corrective. They are to put his life into balance and give him a sense of sanity and stability. They are to bring things into proportion. The almond branch is the word of God that blossoms that bears fruit, that does wondrous things, that gives goodness. And just as the almond branch is real, so is God's word. These stained glass windows here are beautiful. Now, if you come in here in the summer, around 7.30 in the morning, they are brilliant. They catch the sun at just the right time. And the blues and the greens and the reds are incredible. And I was sitting in the back in the milling area last Sunday at 7.30, looking at these windows, going from the crucifixion to the entombment, to the resurrection, to the ascension. And the picture of the resurrection with the yellow around Jesus' head vibrated. It was alive. And I thought, what do I have to be afraid of? God is vibrating. God is alive. God is present. It was a vision. The boiling pot. The world is dangerous. We wear masks. The world can be a fearful place. But the danger is not complete. It is not final. It is limited. Without the vision of the almond branch, there's not a reason to get out of bed in the morning. We are overwhelmed by the problems in our lives and the world. But without the boiling pot vision, we are naive. And useless, for there are problems to be addressed and fought. We probably spend more time focusing, thinking about, talking about what's wrong rather than God's being trustworthy. Tolstoy tells the story of a man who was walking in the wilderness and a wild beast appeared and started chasing him and the man ran for his life. Evil was pursuing him and he jumped into a hole and as he jumped into the hole he turned and grabbed onto a a bush that was growing from the side of the hole. And the beast couldn't get him and it was right at the top of the hole. And the man looked down as he clung to the branches and at the bottom of the hole was a dragon with its mouth open. And the man looked at the branches that he was clinging to and saw that mice were scurrying around the roots of the branches gnawing at them. And he realized that soon the mice would gnaw through and he would fall to the dragon. And Tolstoy says it's what many people think life is like. But what if another traveler appeared? What if the beast left? What if the man let go and discovered there was a ledge there, a foot beneath his feet? What if the man let go and let God? How does God prove that God is trustworthy? how do we come to trust anybody? Don't we begin by trusting them in little things and trust them more and more? I mean, Jesus says that in a parable. If you're trustworthy over a little, I'll give you more to be trustworthy with. We come to trust God by taking those small risks. We take that small risk maybe of speaking up. Oh, that didn't kill me. Maybe of making that phone call to a representative. Well, that was okay. That didn't kill me. Maybe by going to a press protest Maybe by knocking on that door. Exercising our faith in God is a little bit like exercise. Before we start exercising, we don't want to do it. But once we start and get over that hump, we start to build our muscles and we start to build stronger muscles. And trusting God is like that, we build our faith muscles. What Jeremiah learned in this exchange with God and these visions was don't underestimate God. Don't overestimate Evil. when we think of the people in the, that we admire on the whole they are people who do not underestimate God and do not overestimate evil that's how Jesus lived that's how the disciples lived that's how Paul lived that's how Wesley lived that's how Martin Luther King lived and Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks don't underestimate God and don't overestimate evil. They could practice the love that John talks about. We love because we know he laid down his life for us. So, we don't love just in word and speech. We get out there and love in deed and action. This is what Jeremiah learned, and this is how Jeremiah became a full, whole, complete person. He had his life in perspective, God and the world and he could be involved in the world because of God. And that's our lesson. That's our lesson from Jeremiah. Don't underestimate God. God is present. I am with you to deliver you from those you fear. And don't underestimate overestimate evil. It is limited. God is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.